everyone. Hi, and welcome to the AP Reread podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, We're going to be going into three topics. We're going to be mainly talking about um, the sexism throughout the novel and how it relates to men specifically and their role in it. We're going to be talking about the real-life ramifications of what happens in this novel and how everything relates to not only the 80s, but to our modern day. And we're also going to be talking about uh, the specific aspects of the novel that um, the fictional aspects that are like super based in reality, like the religion that are tied to the whole story and just really complex and interesting. All right. Ready? Yes. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start <laughs> sure. us off by talking about men and their role. Uh, I think that it is absolutely fascinating how the author chose to portray kind of like lead these almost like breadcrumbs throughout the novel uh, specifically using the commander as like kind of a like a placeholder for um, the voice of all of the men that he worked with in order to create their world um, so she kind of leaves all of these hints to him talking about like past handmaids and how he views women and eventually we get into him talking about how um, they really did create of Glenn, sorry, uh, their world to be like they created it because they were bored with the way women acted when they were liberated in the 80s. It's because, you know, the 80s were a time of a lot of like punk rock and especially sexual liberation. And the commander directly said, you know, we were bored with it. And it is if we want to link it to like real life stuff, there's a lot of um want for women to be seen as pure and virginal and um all of those ideologies are very heavily ingrained in our society and this book just really shows this extreme of what would happen if we let those run everything honestly it can also get a little bit more creepy than that like um say in real life how men like their women to be um holy and virginal as you said like um i think men like these creepy men that think like that relate these women to children and it freaks me out and it freaks a lot of people out because they're like you're like oh you want your women to um not have had experience in anything you want your women to not be as educated as you are. You want your women to be small and petite and hairless and basically like a newborn in society. And that's what all the women in the book were also. They were like fresh, fresh brain newborns in society. Oh, and yeah. It's it creepy I, after a while. That is completely it. That's exactly it. And it's, it really is. And it's, it's disgusting. So, um, like the way that she puts it, especially with like their outfits and how. They're like these absolutely shapeless blobs that are just like red. And then they wear these blinders that again enforce that idea of ignorance. They don't want you to know about your environment. They don't want you to know where you are even. So uh, it's very interesting how she really leaned into these extremes for, um, for all these ideas of like what men wanted and how it was the complete opposite of um, like of Fred's like mom and how she was like super liberate, liberated and like a feminist and all that kind of stuff in the 80s specifically. 
thoughts? And I guess that could tie into how this book can possibly quite connect to the real life and how uh, this is actually like a a reality for some people in this world, even today in the 20, I'm sorry, 21st century. It's just amazing and mind boggling to see how like the patriarchal, is that even the word patriarchal? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Patriarchal society. Yeah. has just left so many women around the world powerless and it's just insane to see this still today in our world yeah big agree <laughs> and I guess it's hard for like Charlie and me to talk about this stuff yeah because but... like I don't I'm I personally don't believe that I am you know you know, feeding into that, but I know that, at, you know, to some degree, I, I probably am just to, just to fit into this, like, not, not consciously, consciously. Yeah, I'm, not, exactly. I'm not going out of my way to, I'm not going to go push an old lady down the stairs, you know, well, <laughs> unless she really deserves it. <laughs> yeah, right. unless she really sucks. <laughs> unless yeah. she really sucks. The queen, right? the queen. <laughs> not the queen. <laughs> just the queen. <laughs> Queen's got a target on her head now. Yeah, right. just because she's a woman, though. That's the only Okay, Bella, you said. <laughs> no, but I, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's like, it's hard to talk about because you guys don't um, consciously experience it. Not even like, like, um, what's it called? like add to it or anything you don't consciously experience uh, a lot of aspects of sexism you probably do and you just don't realize it but it's super interesting in this book how like they really shift that target to be just on women as where in um like if we're looking in real life sexism against women totally affects men in like a hundred different ways but in this book they really shifted it um to be only women i can't think of like this quote but i've seen people post it it's like instead of um i forgot how it goes but the second part is like educate your sons i forgot what the first part is it's something about your daughters i can't remember exactly how it goes well it's it's like don't teach your daughters how to not get raped teach your right sons okay yeah it's, it's something rape. along those lines things like that and i guess that also ties into this because of the complete like it's the opposite, I guess, in this book. Like they're doing the exact the men are doing the exact opposite. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else have thoughts on, on some sexism stuff, on some men's stuff before we move on? That is very well, that's true. basically gonna be our whole conversation. Um, but does anybody wanna start yeah. like talking about like the real life aspects of this either in the 80s or modern day like any specific examples you guys can think of so i was thinking about like not specifically in america because even though in america women are still suppressed they're not as suppressed as in other countries obviously i when i like um was researching this book and reading it and reading little snippets of it and listening to you guys talk in conversations. I kept thinking about how in like, um, 
in the Muslim religion and in the countries that practice the Muslim religion, women are suppressed to the fullest extent as they are in the book. It's almost as if they don't have a brain for themselves and that the men are the mm-hmm. holy God of everything. The men bring home the bread. The men, <laughs> the men do everything for the women and the women don't have a say in any of it and they have to hide who they are they have to hide their bodies and it's for religious purposes and obviously that's completely different but like that's what I would think of when I like read about the the red cloaks and how like you said it's shapeless shapeless blobs like um people who are very religious and we'll talk about like the religion more later people who are very religious tend to hide their bodies like that and yeah. it's only the women yeah. who do and it. I've, I've so. honestly, I've heard a lot of stuff about how uh, in Muslim religions, and even if you want to like tie it into a more Western religion, like Christianity, um, there's that need for modesty that's more, way more enforced in women than it mm-hmm. is in men. It's, you can still see it in men yeah. sometimes. And I've been, I've heard before that in a lot of, um, that in um, Islam, there's there are like modesty requirements for men it's just that men don't follow them and so in that uh like context it really is being used as a tool of oppression rather than a tool of like liberation to feel your religion and express it how you please you know what i mean right that's true yeah Uh, i think that like you know um everyone is obviously entitled to their own religions but uh, when religions were began, you know, they started with specific guidelines that obviously reflected a lot of the societal norms at that time, or this is like what the people at you know the top wanted to be the new societal mor- norms. So those kinds of restrictions on like you know expression and the body, um, that's like th- those were put in by those patriarchal societies, and now they're just accepted throughout the entire religion as just like yeah this is just this is part of the religion mm-hmm. which like yeah, it's, yeah this is through just his, what it's gonna be like through it's their um through context of the religion it makes sense through a historical context though it makes more sense the reason behind it being the patriarchy at the time mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah i i think it's i think it's really interesting how this book is showing how we're basically going back in time when it comes to like women's rights and we may seem like we're progressing but in reality we're not because if you think about like if whether you're religious or not like that how people from africa were some of the first people on earth or how like the roman um the roman empire rose and they were like the the rulers of like the whole world basically and they um their civilization was very progressive and their women were held high and um the women weren't demeaned by the men and it's just showing how like wow it's hundreds of years in the future and this is what's going to happen if we don't start changing and looking at what was previously in place and like fix what's right. going on those those uh those ancient societies like greece and rome they did uh put women on a pedestal as compared to all the other societies at that time 
but that's also like yeah it's you know it's sad to say but that's also not saying much because uh women didn't play female roles in plays at that point in time that that's like that that's that's how i look at it like yes they were they were very progressive but um they didn't get to do a ton with that they weren't allowed to do a whole bunch in in, in society besides no. people be like oh you're <laughs> sorry i just i just lost my train of thought You're but fine, I, was, dude. I was thinking of the i was think, i was thinking of the play thing where they had dudes dress up in wigs and pretend to be women why didn't they just let the women do the plays <laughs> i don't get that yeah not existing. yeah i, I mean if the guys were into it it's like that's cool i guess but yeah like we support you but like this is this is something else y'all yeah <laughs> yeah but um Back to, like, progression and stuff in society, I feel like um, if we want to really look back on societies that were very progressive, you can look back to more tribal nations. Because at that point in time, uh, it's very hard to pinpoint specific, uh, like, tribes, especially, like, Native American tribes, because we have, we, uh, colonization really did wipe a lot of them out. Um, But you... (laughs) <laughs> a little bit awkward. You can really see how, uh, at least the stuff that we know that's preserved, you can see the role that women played for like a very long time as um, people that were nurturing and respected and like seen as uh, on a level playing field as a man. They had different roles and it was very normal to be in a different role than a man at the time but their roles were more viewed as even. Uh, it was more like, hey, we are all like even here. We all have the same thing. I respect you just as I respect a man, but we just do different things. And that was more so how it was. And you can criticize tons and tons of aspects about that. But I think that underlying um, idea of like being equal and then, you know, like a few hundred years later, now they're back to oppressing women. It's I understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, I understand what you're saying also, Charlie. This conversation reminds me of yeah, sorry, um, about. I was just gonna say that we have a bit of an issue, and Ashley made oh no to speak. Oh, that is not good. I think she can come <laughs> back though. Yeah, I've seen her popping in and out. Um, she has been not been able to hear us, and we have not been able to hear her. Oh, has she been talking? <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the girl without her? <laughs> I, I wanted to say how you guys were talking about, like, the regression in progress. And I wanted to say how, I think this happened pretty recently, too, like, France banned something with the hijabs for the Islamic people, I'm sorry, for the Muslim people mm-hmm. in that country. And like we think of some of these most developed nations in the world in Western Europe, and a lot of them have restrictions for the Muslims in place. Like, I don't understand how they could possibly go about doing that. It's, I think in their minds, they think that it's, um, some people at least think it comes from a place of like liberation and they're helping these women be free when in reality 
you know, while Charlie was talking about this earlier, while a lot of those ideas about covering up, especially women, were based in, uh, like, patriarchy, um, a lot of, like, Muslim women, especially in Western nations, choose to wear the job. They choose to wear mm-hmm. it the way they want to. So you're right. It's like, why is this? Why in, in modern day are women being repre- repressed like this? Because it is specifically targeting women. Because mm-hmm. that's what they're talking about. They don't care about Muslim men in their modesty because it doesn't seem as quote unquote odd to them. Right. And like with those, um, with those regulations that they have put in place, uh, you know, with women today, especially like you said, Bella, in Western cultures, choosing to to like you know keep and all that. That's like that is the that's the turning point in the religion where it goes because of a patriarchal reason. We're doing this to show our dedication to our religion, which is like. I think that's why a lot of times when places will install, be like, no, no more hijabs. You, you're free, girls, and they're just like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's like, that's not what we were asking for. They're like, we just want to be not treated like crap. <laughs> and they're like, no, you're totally free now. Go on and like frolic. It's like a dog. That's that's what I feel like it is. Right. Like, they think they're they, they are them. really just talking down to them. Yeah. Right? They think they're helping them, but they're taking away their choice. Like exactly. They're, they're like, go on, get get out of here. <laughs> like all those old dog movies in like the nineties. That's what that is. <sighs> <laughs> all right, Charlie. Uh, now that we've talked a lot about like religion, <laughs> we've talked a little bit about religion. Do you want to like move into the religion in the book specifically? Uh, so yeah, I would love to do that. Uh, the re- the religion that I made the most connections with, because I don't I don't think that they actually mention what religion specifically Gilead follows. Um, but I think it draws most cl- uh, similar similarities to uh, Puritanism. It it kind of seems to be the pinnacle of Puritanism, um, which like you know when people mention Puritans, you think the pilgrims um and like the pilgrims well they themselves for, for the most part pretty chill nice um, i don't know about that one charlie uh, uh, <laughs> they they those okay okay those okay. ones they did not go and kill all the native americans that was the second shipment of pilgrims <laughs> no, so you're right you're right, you're right. <laughs> let's get yeah. specific here <laughs> right <laughs> But uh, we don't really think of uh, Puritans in general as being uh, oppressive in their society, but uh, they really were. They were they were super suppressive. Puritans, the witch trials in Salem, that was yeah. the Puritans. Uh, the uh, the idea of a city on a hill, um, in his you know in a historical context, that's just like the idea of a utopia. But in Puritanism. It's the idea of a utopia where everything is strictly Puritan, um, in which that society, the women would uh, basically have no rights uh, or zero choices to make for themselves. It would kind of be like a more more oppressive Muslim, Muslim society, almost. 
which is I th I kind of no, that's not really. Do you think Gilead's more oppressive <laughs> than Puritan society, or than Muslim society? I definitely think it's more oppressive. And think yeah, so? I think. Um, I think there's a lot of aspects of like Middle Eastern nations, you know, nations that um, we kind of typically associate with uh, like Islam and stuff like that. I think that there's a yeah. lot of outside forces that have affected them and the way they treat their society as where I think <clears throat> the United States <laughs> oil. <clears throat> <clears throat> but like, um, I think the, the reason Gilead is so weird um, and so oppressive is because the men specifically put everything in place to do all that for the women to be oppressed. Right. So like, there's right. other aspects of, um, like, Islam that aren't oppressive. And there's other aspects of Islam uh, in, like, Islamic nations that don't exist specifically to oppress women. Do they oppress women? Yes, 100%. However, um, there's definitely aspects of their nations that exist that aren't specifically targeted to do that. And then also, I think the religion as a whole it doesn't necessarily need to be viewed in that patriarchal lens, depending on like how somebody were to follow it. Obviously none of us know that much about Islam, <laughs> right? but yeah. I think that's what makes Gilead so much more oppressive is because you can tell the root of it was a kind of resentment towards liberation, right? It was a, it was a, like a personal, they felt like it was an impersonal attack on them. Yeah, it is. It is unbelievable the similarities with puritanism like the second that i saw the red um what's what's that cloak called thingy the the red yeah, yeah the thing. red cloaks yeah immediately i was just like is this taking place like in the pilgrim like what's what's going and on right hats. here the hats remind me of like the early settlers too they they do right but um they they share a ton of those and i i I've been looking it up online for a while and I can't seem to find any solid links, like proof that the author specifically took inspiration from Puritanism. But I personally believe that she did because uh, absolutely nailed it with the um, use of the religious fanaticism and the um, patriarchal society oppression. Those are, those were two values that were in Puritanism and there were two big ones too. Uh, and in the book, they're just, it's a really good author. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Donnie, go on. With the Puritan, going back to that, aren't the settings technically the same or relatively similar they are. to like East Coast? I, I believe so. Upper Northwest yeah. or Upper Northeast. So, yeah. Maybe she did it un unintentionally unintentionally yeah but going back to like the bonnet thing even, yeah with the connection to the uh puritans and then also with obviously our connection to the handmaid's tale and then with our connection to sexism from earlier on in the discussion bonnets are totally like a baby thing that's that's even that's mm -hmm. another level of like oh that's creepy and weird right and yeah. it's, there's a lot of things we could look at in modern day society that sadly we look at them and we're like, holy crap, this is rooted in some weird stuff. 
And I think there's 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 more than you would think. It it has surprised me, like trying to analyze things that I've normalized as a woman, and then being like, "Holy crap, <laughs> that like like yeah, like you know, being hairless hair. or like specifically, this is a random like Mexican person thing, but like Mexican women are sometimes viewed as like gross because they grow facial hair sometimes, and men are like oh you're disgusting because you have like a few extra hairs and your hair is darker and it's it's something that's so heavily rooted in us that like it does sometimes feel gross to see hair on people because you we're so used to it you know right the standard is well the standard for beauty is shape yeah face. so yeah it's one of those things that like you wouldn't normally think about it but the second you think about it for a little bit longer, you're like, oh, oh, wow, that's that's a little that's a little funky. That that don't add up correctly. Yeah, you know who also who is also hairless? Children. Little baby. That's true. The baby what? <laughs> Not the baby. No. The baby definitely has hair. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Lake Park. I think we're at twenty five. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. We this are. I feel bad. I feel bad for Ashley. We should give a huge shout out to Ashley <laughs> yeah, right shout now. Out to Ashley. Ashley yeah. Lancer Patak. Um, shout out to Ashley. Shout out to Miss Patak. She, she. We're sorry we kicked you off back. the podcast. Yeah. It's okay. She'll be in our next one. She's okay. Good. Back. Yeah, that's definitely why. <laughs> me and Charlie are actually. Me and Charlie. Me and Ivy are actually men now, and now we're, we're, we got rid of Ashley. <laughs> Am I yeah. not a guy? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I went down. Just okay. You okay. don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. <laughs> okay. Thank you for okay. okay. All right. Bye. Swag-